you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to 2 Peter, chapter 2. 2 Peter, chapter 2. Peter has been writing to remind the believers, kind of one more time before he goes, of things that are essential. And he's just finished talking with them about the fact that God's word in the scriptures is completely trustworthy. It's totally true. It is not just the ideas of men. It is the word of God. Now beginning in chapter 2. This is God's word. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false prophets or false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, When he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. For that righteous man lived among them day after day living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. Yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not bring slanderous accusations against such beings in the presence of the Lord. But these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like brute beasts, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed. And like beasts, they too will perish. They will be paid back with harm the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. 
with eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed and a cursed brood. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, a beast without speech, who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These men are springs without water, mists driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them. For they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit. And a sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. All right. You want to know the main point? Lying preachers will be destroyed by God. Don't follow them. Okay. That's your main point. Now let's look at how he develops that in this chapter. First of all, the ongoing presence in every generation of false teachers and preachers should not surprise us. It was happening in the Old Testament. It was happening in the New Testament. It is happening still today and has down through the generations. It's an ongoing problem. Don't be surprised. Instead, be alert. Don't just take what somebody says from the pulpit. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's me. Don't just take what somebody says from the pulpit as the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The scriptures are the word of the Lord. What preachers say about the scriptures, if they bother to talk about the scriptures, needs to be tested by the scriptures. Is what this person is saying consistent with what else the Bible says? I've said before that there are things that are said in the Bible that are not true. What are we talking about? We're talking about when the Bible truthfully records the lies that are spoken by people. And the Bible does that. But if you rip a verse out of context, you can twist it and distort it the way the devil loves to do in order to say something, well, the Bible says this. Well, the Bible says that, but look at the context. 
study the scriptures. That's why we go through chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We want to understand what this is saying. We want to get the message that God is giving through his word. But in every generation, there have always been and always will be false teachers. And it says, among you, just as there will be false teachers among you. In other words, they're not just out there somewhere, they are in the churches. And some of them, many of them, are very distinguished and respected clergy. So be aware, because these folks, the false teachers, will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Notice it says they'll secretly introduce these lies. They're not going to stand up and say, hey, listen, I have this great new idea. (laughs) I know it's not consistent with Scripture and and what uh, Christians have understood down through the ages, but I think it's just great. Instead, they'll just slip it in. They'll secretly introduce heresies, and those heresies are destructive. So how do we protect ourselves? By staying alert, prayerfully studying the scriptures, and then you recognize, ah, it doesn't pass the sniff test. I'm going to have to check this out further. And you check it out, and you find, no, that's not consistent with scripture at all. I got a a text from one of our former students who left here and tragically almost died twice from a drug overdose, who spent time in prison, who did all kinds of things he shouldn't have done, and a few years ago he realized, I don't want to die and I'm headed straight for death. And so he thought back over his life and he thought, you know, the one place where I was loved and where people told me the truth was at Wares Valley Ranch. And so he looked us up online and he started watching these chapel services. And he surrendered his life to the Lord and has been seeking now for several years to follow Jesus. He texted me on this past Sunday to say that he had just walked out in disgust of one of Atlanta's big megachurches. He'd been attending there for some time. And I just prayed, oh God, open his eyes, protect him from evil. Because I know that the pastor of that church has turned away from the truth despite numerous folks warning him, trying to call him to repentance. But he has turned aside, he's preaching destructive heresies. Now, tons of what he says is good. Tons of what he says is true. But he is encouraging people to feel totally at home, not just in the building, but in a life of sin. And when you do that, you are encouraging people on the road to destruction. That's exactly the kind of thing that's spoken of here. And when this young man wrote to me and he said, I walked out of there in absolute disgust, I'm never going back, I'm going to try that other church you told me about. I said, thank you, Jesus. 
Because the other church is one that's still true to the faith. They secretly introduce destructive heresies and they will gain many followers. But they are greedy, exploitive liars. They make up stuff. They make up stories. And by the way, when some of them are not energetic and creative enough to make up their own stories, they will steal a story or a complete sermon from somebody else and preach it as their own. We've had a problem with that in my denomination. Why would I bring that up? Because I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the fact that this is something all of us must be on guard against. Listeners to this broadcast from all over the country have signed up to help with the basic needs of children at Wares Valley Ranch by becoming a ranch hand. Ranch hands have committed to giving monthly to help with things like food, utility bills for ranch homes, and gas for the ranch minivans. If you believe the Lord would have you help in this way, you can become a ranch hand by signing up at wvr.org. Just look for the donate button. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is So, beginning in verse 4, you get this litany of bad stuff with bad actors down through the generations. And the main point there is that God has always known how to deal with such evil, and he'll continue to do so. If God did not spare angels when they sinned, but that sent them to hell, the word there is Tartarus, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, it's not the final, it's not the lake of fire. This is a temporary place of punishment, a holding place, to be held for judgment. If he didn't spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but at the same time protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. In other words, God doesn't just see the whole group. God sees every individual. God knows how many hairs are on top of your head. And God will deal with every individual accordingly. So if you are seeking to follow the Lord, but you feel like you're spending a lot of time in a cesspool, I mean, this culture is just totally going down, I, I, I want to say going down the toilet, but actually we've passed that point, and now we're in the tank. Okay? I mean, it's bad what's going on in our culture. It is insane, as well as evil. But, God rescued Noah and his family. Not because Noah was perfect, but because Noah believed God and sought to obey him. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, but he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. As he lived among them day after day, he was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then God knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment. In other words, 
If you look and you say, well, those people are prospering. They're doing all this stuff that we know is bad and they seem to just get more and more powerful and more and more wealthy. They don't even seem to have the health problems that I have. And I'm trying to follow the Lord. Why is this happening? Oh, this is a very short run. Nobody gets away with the stuff they thought they got away with. Part of what makes these folks convincing is that they are bold and arrogant. And they have a crowd following them. It says, carousing in broad daylight. In other words, they're not hiding their stuff anymore. They are right out there. They'll have a parade to celebrate their sin with a bunch of clergy saying, bless you, bless you, bless you. Pastor, why do you pick on certain sins? The ones I'm most critical of are the ones that people are trying to say aren't sins. Okay? We don't have a murderer pride day. I mean, really, we don't have that. Okay? If we did, I'd preach against it. We don't have a glutton day. We just have church suppers. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm telling you, one of the things that causes people to think, well, it must be okay, is that they do this in broad daylight, boldly, arrogantly, saying there's nothing wrong with it, and they have large crowds that follow them. Not a new thing. This was written almost 2,000 years ago. <laughs> it was happening then. It's been happening ever since. Still happening now. There are certain items that are repeated as characteristics of this kind of false teaching. It encourages people to feel free to be sexually immoral. And that's not just homosexuality, that is fornication and adultery. Okay? If preachers are telling you, uh, it, it, uh, that's not really, it's, it's not that, it's not that important. You need to know that's a false teacher. They are greedy. They are greedy. That's a hallmark of false teachers. Sexual immorality, greed, self-indulgence, and leading others astray. These folks talk about spiritual matters, but they don't tell the truth. How do you recognize them? Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, told a story years ago of being at a dinner in the United Kingdom where she was seated next to a fellow from Scotland Yard. That is their premier investigative arm of their police. And she asked him about the work that he did with Scotland Yard, and he said, well, actually, I'm in charge of the counterfeit division. We investigate counterfeit currency and documents. And she said, oh, so you've probably studied all kinds of different counterfeits. He said, no, ma'am, I don't study the counterfeits. I just keep studying the real thing, and then it's easy to spot the counterfeits. Did you hear that? 
How am I going to know if this guy's telling the truth? Study the real thing. Study God's word. The more you immerse yourself in the scriptures and allow God's word to be your daily bread, the more you will recognize when people are going off the rails. Verse 19 is absolutely critical. What do these folks do? They promise freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. In other words, they tell people, hey, you don't have to keep the rules. Don't worry about it. You can do whatever you want. Just God wants you to be happy. Okay? So you just do what feels right to you. Follow that inner voice, you know? No. Follow God's word. Do what God says. His spirit will guide you, but he'll never contradict the scriptures. They promise freedom, and they themselves are slaves. And if you follow them, you will end up a slave to depravity. You will be enslaved by sin. You will find that it has gotten a grip on you. They promise freedom, but they are slaves. Don't follow them. One more question before we conclude this chapter. Were they ever saved? Were their followers who continue to follow them ever saved? Well, if you look at verse 15, and if you look at verses 20 and 21, sounds like they were. I mean, it does. It sounds like they were. But those aren't the only verses in the chapter. This is why we have to compare Scripture with Scripture. This is why we have to look at the context. How does this section end? Verse 22. Look at it. Of them the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit. And a sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. What does that tell us? Why does a dog eat its vomit? Because it's a dog. Why does a sow go back and wallow in the mud? Because it's a pig. Why do these people who hear the truth who say, yes, I believe, who may even become leaders in churches and in denominations, why do they live this way? Because they were never changed on the inside. I referenced earlier Matthew 7, where Jesus says, many will say to me in that day, didn't we do this, didn't we do this, didn't we do this, and we did it in your name. He will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. What does that tell you? Did that person lose their salvation? No. They never really received the Lord. Christianity sounded like a good thing. These people say it makes you have joy and peace, and I want some of that. But they never really trusted Jesus. They were not born again. 
Jesus is the only one who saves. If you say, well, I'm not sure I've really been saved then, then ask him to save you. Ask him to save you. Nobody's going to be saved by following rules. If you're trusting Jesus, you want to please him. Not so that he'll let you into heaven, but because you're so grateful that he paid the price for you to go to heaven. You want to say thank you. Thank you for saving me. I hope you'll trust him. I'd really like to see you there someday. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.